Hello everybody and welcome to episode 22 of the Resurrected Abuners You podcast as ever. My name is David and I'm sitting 529.8732 miles across from Mr. Alex Aldridge. How are you doing today, Alex? Ahoy hoy! That could be strangely accurate, you know. Yeah, it's, it's another it's another oddly close one for us both. Yeah, I'm usually... imagine if it's exactly that. Because yeah. it's, you know, we've, we've done this maths before, we've looked it up. It's around about that, so I think you've done quite well there. Yep, and are we... To the point, I mean, five decimal points as well or something. Are we repping Fiorentina today? Is that that badge? Yeah. This ninth... I, mean, is, I hope that's the reason you bought it, is for the sponsor. The sponsor alone. Of course. I have no affiliation to Fiorentina. Just, I mean, although that, you know, that plays into my upset, but the fact that Arsenal were the team sponsored by Sega and Dreamcast in 2000... Although I found out recently that they were also sponsored, uh, they also sponsored like Saint Etienne and Sampdoria and Deportivo La Coruña and some German team as well. Oh, that was their that was Sega of Europe's marketing <laughs> campaign for the Dreamcast. And of course, if you if you ever find any of those shirts, I mean, I'm never going to touch an Arsenal shirt unless it's with my piss. If you ever find one of the other shirts with Dreamcast on, yeah, be, be prepared to be forking out the monies. Yeah. Like I saw one for like 150 quid earlier. Nah. Ooh, yeah. Nah, I'd, I'm thinking of the amount of old video game con- consoles and retro games you could buy for that. Probably quite a lot, especially if you're going the PS2. Uh, the PS2 era is extremely cheap at the moment. So if you want to pick up lots of games for not very yeah. much, start there, because PS1 is starting to creep up. It's quite a lot of the games are quite expensive, and by expensive, I'm talking like 10 to 15 quid. But that's quite a lot. For a game that's if you're just gonna yeah if you're gonna try and get loads of them then yeah, yeah. it quickly wraps itself up yeah exactly and in fact I've been paid I think now, this so is probably the I need to make a trip to oh, the dear. to the to the show oh yeah because <laughs> he's got stuff on hold for you hasn't he yeah he does I better go and buy some of it which actually and I'm I think it's probably not even a good game but it's um what was it we looked at was it Doom on Brian PS1? Lara Cricket no oh, well yeah I've got to buy that one <laughs> you managed to find several copies of that yeah I found four of them in Saffron Walden. So did you find any, are you going to go back? Is it worth going to look at it again, try to support your local store? Or is it just, oh, that was fun and I'm all for it? I don't know, is, is, Toy Master, is Toy Master like a, a uh, chain? Nah, it's not. I don't want to not, support a chain. Not like, like, it is, I guess. Like My one's just the yeah. guy that works there every day and collects like obs- obscene amounts of pop vinyls. Yeah, see, yeah, he's cool, but well, apart from the pop vinyl thing. But well, yeah, I'd so, rather yeah. support somebody like that. So I'm a bit I'm a bit up in the air on his pop vinyl policy. So like when he was like, "Oh, I've got like <laughs> two and a half thousand pop vinyls, and I only and I live in a one bedroom flat." I was like, "Oh my goodness, you are." There's, there's a reason there. Those two are not yeah. usually exclusive, mate. <laughs> but then he's like, "Oh, you would never know I own them because I keep them all in boxes." So I'm like, "Well, so why do you own them then if you're just going to not display yeah. them? Like, is this like a is this like a beanie baby thing, and you think you're going to make loads of money off them and?" 30 years because they're far too common for that 
That's a very good point. I mean, there are some super rare ones, as far as I'm aware, but whether he has got some, oh, he will. If you've got, if you're going that deep on a hobby of collection, you have to, you have to know what the rare ones are. I actually wonder. So he sell, like, he's got a whole sort of wall of his shop dedicated to pop vinyls. I wonder if that's they're from his personal collection or if he, yeah, no supplier, yeah, yeah, Mm. interesting. But yeah, I'll need to pop out this weekend. Say, let me have a look. What's at he got on hold stash. for you? I can't remember. He's, he's got Doom. Yeah, he's got Doom. Did I get? I'm trying to look at what I got and remember. I actually can't remember now. Rayman might be when in there. Get... Oh, okay. That's but supposed to be really hard, actually. Rayman. It's, this was. It's before Rayman got good, but I just because I'm so fond yeah. of the Xbox 360 generation of Rayman. Yeah. I kind of want are. it just just to have it. Yeah, if you beat that, I think you're in an elite tier of people. Yeah, I, I Speaking do of elite tier, yes. Behind you is some pretty elite tier stuff. Yes, keeping, keeping with do. your. Uh... Unfortunately, this one isn't so visible, but it's the. I think I maybe even bought this with you. It's the the oh, it's the wrong way around. Elder Scrolls collection. It's oh got, no! Yeah, yeah, I never, so I've never seen this before. We open this up. Let's have a since. Watch this on YouTube, folks, but we'll try and be as descriptive as yeah. possible. You open it up, it's a nice little book, and then it's got all the discs from... It goes... In fact, it's got them all. It's got Arena, Daggerfall, Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim. So it's got... Each each one's got a little page, and then it's got the all the maps in it as well for each each area. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so like here's the, here's the Morrowind one. So you open up... Oh, it's got... Oh, it's got all the. That must be the DLC as well, Tribunal and Blood Moon. I don't know what that is, and then it's got the. In fact, all the the maps must be at the front. But yeah, it's, it's a really cool. Look at the disc. That's art. amazing. Is Look that PC? Disc. Is that all PC games? Yeah, now I've actually got a PC that can run them. I should probably put them in and have a shot. Maybe I could make that a video. We can stream it one day and just we can watch ourselves play some old, old Elder Scrolls. I've never played anything but Skyrim. I don't think I've even played Oblivion very much. If and at then, all, I played then, that. Of course, I played that. WWF WrestleMania 2000 box copy, complete with which is a lot. Complete with the back, which comes with its own little hologram card what? that serves you like. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm afraid to say I am hologramless. There's oh nothing. no. Well, well, look at this. Look at that. It's another pristine yes. example of an oh, yours is, I think Look at this shine. Mine's got a couple little... Mine's good condition, but I think yours is maybe better. Like, I've got a few little nicks what? in the corners. Well, I think a lot of the, the viewers of our show will uh, probably remember the No Mercy box I displayed a couple of weeks ago. Oh, so. yes. They're not all like that, but the ones that I bought brand new are... I just knocked a bunch of games over there, but we'll get them later. <laughs> I'm liking this. I'm liking this show and tell every week. Yeah, I'm going to have to. So I've got a couple. I have to move these books I've got in the corner here, and then just have that little corner dedicated, and then I can change that every week because that's yeah, probably but... the most visible section. I'm trying to move about at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think you're not um, doing a lot of blocking in that one. No, I think. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to have to um, rearrange some rearrange this room a little bit or fill some spaces because i've got a i've had a since we did the doom 64 podcast i've had a doom poster sitting in my 
in my um, basket on Amazon for ages. So I need to finally buy that. And I thought <laughs> that's that space to, well, my left, but I guess if you're, I don't know. This yeah. it is my left. It's on my right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's right. a good space for the the poster over there. So it might go in there. It, are we talking OG Doom poster here? The old guy with the like the get off me kind of thing yeah. in the middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. What else do you need? Yeah, exactly. It's a cool poster. It certainly is. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really got much to. Sh- what can I show? What are we going for? Okay, you can have some of that. Oh, yeah. oh, look at that. I didn't realize how rare that is, but apparently very rare. Excellent. That is Die Hard Arcade for the Sega Saturn. Is that, it's not a... Yeah, boy. That's not a shoot. It's that's... not Die Hard Trilogy. No. No, it's a beat-em-up. It's but a like beat-up. a weird pseudo 3D beat-em-up. I think that that game has turned up on like previous incarnations of this podcast. We've spoken about that game. Yeah, yeah, because I remember telling you about the QTEs. Where if you get them wrong, That's you get right. like close, or if you get them right, you like close just as a running clothesline on someone, <laughs> over and over again, and he can pick up a rocket launcher for some reason. Well, he is a- John McLean. True. Is that a Doom Bar glass you've got there? Doom Bar, yeah. Uh, I've actually discovered. That's I'm a good. A- that's a good beer. Uh, well, yeah, I was about to say because you, well, you'll know. I don't know if the listeners know. Being a, a bit of a quest to find um, some beer that I like and. Doom Bar is a good one, but I thought I just assumed I think it's based on the name and nothing else. It feels like it should be an old man drink, but it's I do like I also like a Guinness and a John Smith, so maybe I just like old. They are old, old man, man drinks, yeah. old man beer. So, um, but yeah, Doom. But I had one of them at the weekend because so I Annie and I both read a book series that had the the main character's favorite beer was a Doom Bar, so I've always wanted to try it, but I've never seen it. And then we saw it in the shop. Because you don't really, well, it's starting to appear up here, but you never used to be able to get yeah. it up here. Um, so I was like, oh, I've got to try it. And I tried it, and I was like, oh, this is actually really nice. <laughs> Gobbled it up. Mm. So, yeah, big fan. Uh, yeah, maybe try a shipyard next. A shipyard? If you go, it's right if you're going down. into the old Amber Ale Territor. I think, that's, I think that one's an American Pale Ale shipyard, but you should like it. Well, that seems it's not drinking a Doom Bar at the moment, by the way, listeners. It's just a glass of water. But it's just a glass of water. But I do have, I've got leftover hip flask from the wedding I was at at the weekend, and so I might, I might. I love that. Dig into that. Did you wear a kilt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to wear. A kilt. Is that why you have a hip flask? It go, hip flask goes in the kilt, right? Hip hip flask goes in the spot, and yeah. That's the the thing on the front. Over your yeah, it's usually like the, a dead seal or like something. A yeah, pouch. Yeah, the little pouch. Is it? Yes, a lot of the a lot of them are seal fur or rabbit fur. It's got another one that's quite or deer. I guess oh. is another one. Fur. Okay, I was thinking skin for some reason. Depends what. Um, I guess it depends how authentic you're going. If you're you're sort of from a clan that is by the sea, you're more likely you probably have a probably have a seal fur one. You got you got a seal club in background. Yeah. Whereas if you're from like the Highlands, chances are it'll be rabbit. Or hare or deer, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be my guess anyway. There's been quite a lot of Scottish education on this podcast since we started again. There's not been any English uh, education whatsoever, game, apart mate. from does Alex like Harry Kane or not this week? So yeah, that's yeah. it, really, isn't it? There's nothing else. Yeah. What, can, what, are you gonna, what can you tell us about? Eng- well, I actually think there's something to do. There's a there's some sort of link between. England and Tartan. I don't think it's. I think it's been sort of co-opted by the Scots, but I'm not sure it's an exclusively Scottish thing. Oh, really? Yeah, but 
I don't know enough about that to be able to speak authoritatively on it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about English cultural history like that. There's nothing, we don't really have a lot of, as far as I'm aware, interesting traditions along those lines that people still kind of enact for special occasions anymore. You Have I, have I asked you this in real life, but one thing that I always keep meaning to ask you if I haven't done, and this is like this is going to sound like I'm being cheeky, but it's 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 a genuine baffle. <laughs> it's a genuine bafflement to me, because at Scottish weddings, basically what you do is you like a lot of the evening is dedicated to Kayleys. So, yeah, what do you do in an English wedding? Because that's such a big part of a Scottish wedding. I actually, it, like to remove that. I, it's like you what what do you fill it with? Uh, just a regular disco. As just far as a regular I'm disco. Well, I mean that. Yeah, a disco of some kind. A lot of people, I guess, just do playlists now. So for my wedding, we we copied what somebody else did in a wedding we went to a few months before, where basically we did like three songs in a row of one genre, and then it would move to a different genre and have three songs of that, and just keep ah, going right, like that. Okay. So that if you liked a certain style of song, you'd at least stay on the dance floor for a couple and then bugger oh, that's off a good idea. Yeah. after that. Um, which also meant I got to put in a lot of my own music, which uh, was quite fun to see people dancing to. <laughs> seeing my mum seeing my mum and her friend dancing to Newfound Glory was quite funny. That was quite enjoyable. <laughs> I think we had a bit of some I think I had some forty one in there at Rachel's request. That was quite funny. Oh yes, good one. Good choice. Kudos to Rachel. Although he's um, yeah. the lead singer has has had a paper round in Baghdad, hasn't he? He looks rough. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Avril oh, Lavigne leaving. It must have hit him hard, quite yeah. literally, by the look of it. Yeah, it must have done. <laughs> yeah, we, Rachel and I had a um, like a debate. She put uh, what did she put in there? Some Kylie Minogue shit from the eighties, and it absolutely cleared the dance floor. Oh, I did it? It would. Oh, yeah. I thought I and thought I was that would have been popular. Absolutely loving it that I managed to like always get people flooding over there for a bit of what did I put in there? A bit of lit. The um, you know, my car is in the front yard and I'm sleeping with my clothes on. People were loving that. Uh, oh, I'm surprised. It was great. Like, that so was like, the best night ever. I I think Kylie Minogue and like Elton John yeah. and Queen that would just like. Fill the dance floor. We must have. Not. We we must have had Queen. We probably had Elton John, but yeah, Kylie Minogue killed it. She also put a lot of like seventies. Uh, what would you call it? Disc. Yeah, seventies disco music. So there was a lot of that from her. So after a while, I think people got tired of that, and then they were busting back up there when I'd hit up the whatever it was. <laughs> when you've got back, pretty, I'm pretty music. sure I had an I had an Anna Managuchi song as well. <laughs> <laughs> Classic bit of eight bit. <laughs> But yeah, that's what we do at English weddings, and I guess get drunk. That's yeah. Yeah, we're also very adept at that. No Kayleys though. Have you been to a Kaylee before? They're good fun. No, I would love to go. Did the, were there Kayleys at both the weddings you've recently been to? Yeah, yeah. I, I genuinely don't think I've ever been. Which to Kaylee was best? Doesn't have a Kaylee. So you so that what I'm trying to think. I'd say the the first the first Kaylee was was the best, but there ha, there is a recent sort of. Um, craze isn't the right word because you only really have you should only really have one wedding in your life. But there's a bit of a, a, a <laughs> thing you can get in in where there's a lot of like the the they do it's a Kaylee band, but they they build it into like rock music and stuff. So they'll play like Kaylee versions of rock songs a lot, and that's that's really really good fun. 
Um, big, but not big, the other way around. Um, not uh, rock versions of Kaylee songs. They do in the yeah, kind of a bit of both. But yeah, like oh okay, the tradi- the traditional Kaylee songs that it's it's good fun. You'll need you'll need to get your way to one because I, I like I said yeah, I, I, I can't genuinely I missed them all when I was up there. Genuinely don't think I've ever been to a wedding without a Kaylee, which is why I'm so baffled by the concept of not having one at your wedding. <laughs> yeah this this wedding so i was at two there yeah, so i think i've already said obviously two over the last two like two and a bit weeks and the wedding i was at over the weekend was like 50 percent scottish 50 percent english and it was just it was it was genuinely even strange to go to a wedding and not see most people wearing a kilt it's just such an odd <laughs> yeah yeah so many suits going about it's usually saved for people that are invited to the evening if I if I went to a Scottish wedding, I would absolutely wear a kilt. Yes, because my nan was Scottish, so I've got enough Scottish blood in me absolutely. to get away with it. I, I would have to warn you, as a man who is prone to sweating, be wary of the kilt. I'm doing it right now. Because they are already. they are heavy and hot. We were having we had a discussion. So that one of the guys wore tartan trues, but for for people that don't know what that is, that's just tartan trousers, basically. To, yeah, um, yeah, I was hoping that's what it was. Um, a guy wore, and so we were we were talking about what's what's hotter because it was like 25, 26 degrees at this wedding, mm-hmm. and um, we we're like, what do you reckon? What we were trying to debate what was hotter, like wearing trousers in this weather, and like a suit or a kilt, and I think it was hand the hands down one was a kilt because they're they're heavy. I'd say like they're a good like once you've got all your gear on. I would guess about seven, yeah. seven, eight kilos, probably easy. And then, and yeah. they're just so thick. It's like socks wet, too, yeah, right? yeah. And it's like wearing a Woolen. rug. Yeah, woolly socks, <laughs> rug, cotton shirt, waistcoat, <laughs> and like the the waistcoat and jacket are made of tweed as well, so they're all hot. They don't breathe very well. Yeah, I had tweed at my wedding as well, but it was in it was in February, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> so yeah. But if if you got a wedding in the winter though, and you get a kilt on, you're you're absolutely golden because you will be nice yeah. and toasty. We did it um, for my wedding. We did it so that like all the people in the groomsmen party had different color ties, and oh, all yeah. the colors were from Reservoir Dogs. Oh, brilliant! That's cool. So you had like Mister Blonde, Mister Brown, Mister yeah. Pink, Mister Blue. I was Mister Orange, I think. Yeah, that's who I was. I'm gonna to need to. I'm gonna to need to. What? I don't actually know if I've ever seen Reservoir Dogs. If I'm totally mm. honest, I'm. I'm not sure. If oh, you it. should. It's a staple of the '90s, much like <laughs> after 20 minutes, <laughs> oh, Super yeah. Nintendo is. <laughs> Lucky you said that because after that we're about to we're about to drift off the lock stock because I've watched that recently. Yeah. <laughs> let's just, I haven't seen let's that. Just steer clear and carry on. Yeah, should we do a we'll do a cultural exchange of. I'll watch Lockstock. You can watch Reservoir Dogs, and we'll have a yeah. chat about it on here. Absolutely. Do you want to see? Do you want to see some of my research material for this podcast? Yeah, let's have a look. There we go. That was part of it. Super Mario: How Winning Nintendo Conquered America by Jeff Ryan. I'm going to look that. I don't know where you got the word "winning" from there. <laughs> how Nintendo Conquered America? What did I say? You said how winning Nintendo. I don't know where you got that from. I'm going to put. Wait a minute. What's it called? How Nintendo. Conquered America by Jeff Ryan, who I believe used to write for a oh some places I've never heard of, All Things Considered, and a website called Catrillion. Why is it not? It's not a how, oh it is appearing. It's just got a different cover on the on the book I've found. 
Right, yeah, this is quite old. I bought this for my dissertation. That's going straight into my basket. I do need a good book because I'm not actually that far from the end of the Sega one that that you made your way oh, through. Oh, cool. I think I'm very, very close. The only, the only thing is I'm obviously waiting for the, the, the bomb to drop because at the moment it seems like the Dreamcast is actually doing quite well. <laughs> I think in, by all accounts the Dreamcast did do quite well. So it's just that they were so far in the red from the Saturn that they... That it, they were never going to recoup it through that. Yeah, and they didn't so have enough money to market it or I've build seen it. A couple, properly. a couple things, or there's been like a couple sort of allusions to it that Sega knew that even if this was a successful console, this was likely the end, and they just wanted to go out with some dignity. Well, they kept saying that. it as well. Yeah. Like yeah. every every person who was in a high ranking position was like, "Yeah, we're not making any more consoles after this. This is it." <laughs> They've been back for like a year. Yet more examples of the why the company just blew itself up. <laughs> had anything on that? Because I had real problems with it. Where every time they talked about a game, I was like, "Oh yeah, I should probably get hold of that." Have you had any like pinings to get any of the games they've talked it's, about? It's a, when it's I send actually, your yeah, it's actually I, I somehow managed to get through my life with both Nintendo and Sega consoles, and managed to come out of come out of it with very little sort of nostalgic affection for either of them so i don't know how yeah. i managed that it makes me feel like i'm not a real gamer but like my nostalgia is all <laughs> based around like ps1 ps2 and, and xbox 360 yeah. actually but the yeah yeah like like between this podcast and go back to previous episodes folk and listen to our sonic ones and and like reading through this book i am i am becoming a big a big, I've got a big sort of fascination with with Sega now. I think I'm definitely going to start mm. diving into their back catalogue, especially once my hard drive makes it back up, up the road. Yeah, I'm hoping though lot- that this podcast is going to start sort of rekindling a Nintendo love because I, I I dearly want to to not just be angry at Nintendo all the time. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um, I mean. I'd say that the the appropriate way to feel about them at the moment is just kind of apathetic because they, yep, like they haven't done anything. For, when's the last Nintendo game that came out of any note? Oh. Ge- genuinely, um, I I was sitting thinking when they when they've announced the Steam Deck, thinking well, yeah, other than Zelda and Mario, what do you actually offer me now as a consumer? Not a lot. Yeah. You don't. You certainly don't offer me like any sort of customer care because you don't care about me whatsoever. <laughs> no, you seen the shit they put out on the SNES online stuff recently? It's just, I don't think I have because it's nothing. It's just nothing. I haven't even I, looked. No, it's just totally gone off. The my games head. are just garbage. Um, yeah, what a shame. But yeah, this is an era of Nintendo we're talking about that deserves love for all the right reasons. Hell yeah, mostly. This, and it was again, Sega who has prompted a lot of what we're going to be talking about because, oh, good. You know, the Mega Drive slash Genesis was out way before the SNES mm-hmm. to basically combat the the popularity of the the NES. Um, so Nintendo kind of rushed the SNES out in a way. At least they rushed development of the games on it, um, and a lot of the earlier games on it, including this one, obviously because it was a launch title were basically sort of enhanced NES games rather than anything too groundbreaking. So, like, most SNES games basically in the later era were on 42 megabit carts or megabyte carts. Um, but Mario World is only four megabytes. 
and they basically did that to allow like a more easy transition from the NES design kit to the SNES. All right, okay. Um, the whole game is based on the foundation of Mario 3, and I think Miyamoto, at the point where the SNES was being released or or developed, was only given about 15 months to work on Mario World, and he was also so he was producer on it, um, and he was also producer on F Zero and Pilot Wings, all of which were launch titles of some variety. So he had a, like it's only about a, t- a team of about 10 people worked on Mario World. Um, and they had yeah 15 months to put it out and he's actually said that it, he feels it was unfinished and that it was rushed uh, which goes against that big mantra that he always everyone always quotes for him right the whole you know uh, uh, rushed game is whatever it is yeah what is that like a rushed game is is always rushed yeah a delayed game is eventually good a rushed game is bad forever That's or whatever some, yeah delay me once fall on you delay me twice you can't delay me again, or whatever it was George Bush said. So so reticent to say uh, this because I just got. I'm, I feel like I'm, I am derailing this podcast left and right today. But that that is the complete inverse approach to the new Ubisoft model, isn't that's it? That's our appeal, mate. Yeah. That's our appeal. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah. Apparently, he says it's his favorite Mario game. I don't know when he said that and whether that's changed since he originally said this. But yeah, he has said that it was rushed. Uh, and that he basically had to put stuff that was cut from it into later Mario games. Which ones they are, I'm not entirely sure. It's certainly. I mean, um, like, I think if I think it's like, could anyone argue that it's not like of as of when it came out? Are there any better Mario games that have come out before that? Like, obviously, like 64 Galaxy. Oh, in my opinion. And like, there's been a lot of good games since then. Since then, but having played through this one, I don't think anything yeah. even comes close. The next best one's probably Mario uh, 3, Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah, or yeah even... and that was pretty groundbreaking for the time, especially on the hardware that it was on, mm-hmm. when it introduced things like you know the world map and, and the huge amount of levels and secrets that were in that compared to 1 and 2 and the USA version. Um, I, I said it, whatever it was on the last podcast, I think it was right near the end of the show, I said that I, this felt like the closest thing to a perfect game you can get, and then you obviously... Countered that with uh, Tetris, Tetris, which is probably the more accurate. Yeah. But in terms of like an ageless game, mm. there are a few that come as close to Mario World as being ageless in terms of yeah, just how brilliantly it plays and how nice. You know, the, the graphics are still perfectly serviceable. Yep. The artwork's still interesting to look at. Um, and considering his claim that it's not finished, it's, you know, it's still a pretty hefty game for a launch title. And a Mario game, absolutely. Yeah. When previously they were, they was barely you know ninety six exits, seventy two levels. Um, it's a it's a big old boy, especially on a small cart, as they say. Yeah. There's another. What else have we got history wise? So, I mean, we were doing this podcast. We wanted to do this podcast for the anniversary of mm-hmm. Mario World's release in Japan, but I was on holiday and you were basically at weddings and stuff. You so we didn't get weddings, a chance to yeah. do it last week. Yeah. But obviously, we are we could simultaneously be celebrating thirty years of the Super Nintendo because it was a launch, it was a pack-in game. Sorry for mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo. Um, so some figures I've got for it are that uh, it obviously it sold out immediately everywhere it was released. Um, apparently, they sent shipments to stores at night to avoid like you know getting jacked. I'm assuming the Yakuza would have been doing that. Um, 
But I don't know how being nighttime makes that less likely for your shipments to get jacked and yeah. fall into the black market off the back of a lorry or whatever. But apparently that's what they did according to Jeff Ryan. Um, yeah, uh, so it sold the pack-in version with the Famicom sold three and a half million copies in Japan. I think that's the game, actually. And then the, the Famicom, Super Famicom, sold 17 million units in the in Japan. And in the US, the Super Mario World pack-in bundle sold almost 13 million units. And then I think in total, they sold 23 million SNES consoles in the US. So certainly for a long while, this was as good as it got for Nintendo until the Wii came along in sort of 2008 or whenever it was that it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the N64 and the GameCube, they got absolutely nowhere near the SNES numbers. No. Um, an interesting little fact that it was, I don't know if you know this, but it was actually called Super Mario Brothers 4 Super Mario World in Japan as well. Yeah, so there's uh, we there's, that, there's that weird, the, the Mario numbering is a bit strange, isn't it, over here? So you, you're going to have to, I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm going to have a go at it here and you can correct me as go I go. Go for it. So there's Super Mario Brothers, which is the first one, right? Yeah. And then there's Ma- Super Mario Brothers 2, is that what it's called? So, But it's also Doki Doki like, Panic in, the, in yeah. Japan, right? Yeah, there's technically like three versions of that game, if for want of a better word. So you've got Super Mario Brothers 2, which is the Japanese version, which is what we were... Uh, playing as Lost Levels. So our Lost Levels is there, Mario Brothers 2. I've watched a playthrough of that on Giant Bomb recently, and that is brutal, that game is. And it's like, yeah, it's just a massive, yeah. it's not even Souls brutal, it's just F.U. brutal. Oh, yeah, there's some levels where you're just falling into lava from the beginning of the level. Um, this is obviously why it didn't come over here, as it was at that mm. time. It, it, it got changed to Doki Doki Panic reskin, as you said, which was our Super Mario, Mario Brothers 2, and in the Japan, that's called Super Mario Brothers USA. Ah, right, so okay. There's like four, I, so there's like four versions of that game. I maintain that's an excellent game. And I know it's not a real Mario game, yeah. quotation marks, but it's fantastic. I'm not actually sure who developed Doki Doki Panic, whether it was actually Nintendo that did it, or whether they bought it and reskinned it, because I'm assuming they did develop it. Because it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a cheek to just like nick someone's IP and then just put Mario in it. Or I'm sure they didn't nick it, but they, you know, if they got another completely different developer to make the entire game and then put Mario in it instead. Well, actually, actually, interestingly, according to Google, it's a Japan Doki Doki Panic, a Japan only game released on the Famicom that takes place in a book with an Arabian setting and is based on a family who plans to save two children. The game was later remade and brought to North America Super Mario Brothers 2 and was released later on in Japan as Super Mario Brothers USA, exactly what you've said. So the composer on yeah. it, do you know, you? so I'm going. I'm, the only reason I'm telling you the composer is because you probably recognise him. Koji Kondo? Yeah, he's the, he's the guy. He's He did this soundtrack for this okay. game as well. So the developers are Nintendo, Nintendo Entertainment Analysis and... Was it Nintendo Entertainment Analysis and Development? Publishers were Nintendo and Fuji TV, and the designers are uh, Nintendo and Shigeru Miyamoto. So, yeah, that's a, that's off Doki Doki Panic. Yes, so it's as Nintendo as it right, gets, okay. basically, and as Mario as it gets. Yeah, okay, so Mario. it was their game. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough then. Yeah, uh, Koji Kondo apparently struggled to make the music in this game. Um, 
because of the you know the change in the development kit that he was given. So he he wasn't sure what to do in terms of how to develop video game music into the new generation. Apparently, he wasn't sure whether to kind of make it still like he was doing with chip tune because he's got much more powerful tools now. So he wasn't sure whether to put real oh, instrument okay. sounds or what. So I guess so, yeah, is it just basically he's got less constraints and more options? Yeah, and he wasn't sure. I guess he wasn't sure what people would be ready for. I suppose they're kind of used to like what five plus six years of chip tune eight bit music, sure. and now and, yeah, that, as we know, if thing. there's a if there's a if there's a bunch of fans and a bunch of enthusiasts that do not <laughs> like change and difference, it's the video game community, isn't it? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's probably yeah, a reasonable exactly. worry. Unusually for sighted as well, pre-internet. Yeah. He um, so apparently what his his decision or his choice was to fix it was to mix sort of random real instrument sounds together to make weird music, which is why some levels will have stuff like steel pans, but also banjo music, stuff like that. Hmm. So he's tried to mix like weird instruments together to try and make it. I don't know his own genre. I that think can be I, kind of listened to, but it's also game music. Going to be eternally fascinated with the concept of like people that made that were like I guess work even worked as composers on old like eight and sixteen and thirty two yeah. bit consoles because well thirty two is probably the PS one era so that would be proper music but the eight and sixteen yeah bit, by that time yeah yeah the eight and sixteen bit era because it's like some of these songs are absolutely fantastic and the like the limits you were you had and why you would even choose to then try and it's like oh i i'm passionate about music i i'm obviously talented i'm going to go off mm. and work in maybe the most constrained musical media at the moment that like around like yeah oh, yeah it's, it's, i'm fascinated as well as like as much as i love it that could be a good documentary that i don't believe i'm aware of in existence yeah, what, why the they rise decide, why of they chose game music? To, yeah, the rise of game music and why they chose to go because you could, you could. I mean, it's. I think it's less interesting in the modern day, but even I guess in the modern mm. day, there's a there's still a talent to putting a, together a good soundtrack because a good song is different from a good video game song. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and it's and it's you know to make a transition with a song that's listenable outside of a game but also works in a game is really tough because. A lot I, of it can, yeah. I, I I've lost count of the number of times where I've played a video game and been like, the soundtrack to this game is amazing, and then you yeah. listen to it you're like, oh, it's a bit boring actually. Yeah, but then then there's the odd song that just sticks with you, but like like that, yeah, the, the suicide mission song in Mass Effect Two, it was just like yes. ingrained into my brain for some reason, and like I just, <laughs> I absolutely love that song, and in a weird way, like it's it's a it's a gateway drug into a genre of music that. I would never ever have paid attention to like orchestral music. I would never ever have yeah. even paid the slightest bit of attention to it unless it was video game music. But then I do dabble. I will. I, I don't. Don't ask me to tell me anyone I like because I couldn't tell you anyone. But I do. I would dabble in it, and I have actually on odd occasions where if my phone's been dead or I don't have any sort of access to podcasts or Spotify, like I have like messed about on classical fm or whatever it's called just to see what's going on there. oh yeah and it's purely because of video game music no other reason yeah me and simon went to uh zelda orchestral concert which is yeah which, it, nearly, which nearly 10 years ago but that was fantastic but that, but that in itself is like proper orchestral 
music. It's yeah. no messing about. Like it's not like fake orchestral music. That's a proper orchestral concert, right? Yeah, and it's weird as well thinking, you know, as you said, once the PlayStation came along and you've got CD soundtracks, well, Nintendo was still putting out cartridges with MIDI on. So mm-hmm. there was the difficulty there. I wonder if people felt, they must have felt restrained. You know, Grant Kirkhope certainly didn't suffer for it because he made amazing soundtracks on the N64, but... Yeah, some of the best you know, soundtracks. Compared yeah. to... I mean, that, that lost them a lot of third-party developers, the, the limitations of that alone i think well yeah uh, like that and vo- fmv it, the lack of voice acting was a problem really on the end exactly wasn't it? yeah yeah god i remember like well you've got it behind you wwf wrestlemania 2000 i'm pretty sure they had like 15 second loops of the entrance music and it was like really yeah. compressed and tinny and in horrible and me and my I- mate used to sit there watching it over and over again all the time I don't I don't know why I don't know what lecture I was in or what module I was doing but I remember at uni we were you were probably in my class at some point we were sitting talking about it, it was there was like a wave of it was like was it like post world war 1 russian music and they like com- <laughs> composers were like exploring like discordant tunes so like if you look at really old russian media whether that's like movies or like tv shows like a lot of it's really like horrible to listen to but deliberately so that is what like the old wrestling game music's like remind me of because they were just they were just horrid even the even the like even even the actual like songs you should recognize did not do well to me and do you know what was odd as well and this went right was it development speed or what but i remember playing a playstation and then you play the n64 the n64 would have like the rock in the playstation version of the game would have his current entrance music but the n64 version would have like three cycles yeah. back and i don't know why they ever did that like you'd be like waiting like get excited waiting for the if you smell bit to kick off <laughs> yeah and then and it comes it up with the you smell like, what the rock, the rock is, is cooking, cooking? And then you just yeah. like slowly march out. I don't know. Was that development speed or do you think they just decided that sounded be. better on the what they had access to? I mean, wrestling games have suffered from that for time immemorial, right? I mean, every time a new game comes out, even in the last few years, there'll be people complaining and saying, you know, oh, look, you've got this guy in the promo material for your wrestling game and he's left the company or whatever. Yeah. He's a totally different character now. So they've always struggled because... It's not like sport where you have one wrestler for a season. They could leave, they could change if something doesn't work. It's the whims of Vince McMahon mostly. So, well, hopefully yeah, that's going to change must be, now. It just took hopefully longer. that's going to change. I, I oh, he'll like be dead soon. Yeah, he'll be dead soon. He's it's certainly not got. He's certainly not got a monopoly in the wrestling business anymore. So, no. Hey, that might. Um, hey, that breeds competition, breeds innovation, doesn't it? So, WWE yeah. may get oh, good again. Right. Maybe. If they keep releasing everybody, maybe not. Yeah, so, well, and then bringing back John Cena and whatever, and having whatever it was at SummerSlam. It's a shame because I do like John Cena, but I'm, I'm also fully aware that the wrestling public don't want John Cena. He's too. Well, that's what I thought, right? But I seem to get downvoted into all hell on Reddit by saying basically that like. I have absolutely no interest in ever watching a John Cena match ever again. Like I don't, I don't need to see any more. And they were all going to like, oh, no, he always delivers at the big events and the big stages and stuff. It's like, yeah, but in the same way, right? 
He's not had a character change for years. I I mean, if he wrestles Kenny Omega, it's still John Cena doing the FU and all that shit and the five knuckle shuffle. To bring back the chain gang, that's what I want. I would, I would absolutely appreciate that. He can't really pull it off now. He's nearly fifty, but still. And he, yeah, and he's 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 a wrestler. He's meant to be cool, and he's he's rocking a side pattern, which I think is an also an odd <laughs> an odd design choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's come back way less cool than when he was trying to not be cool. Yeah. Strangely. Good Almighty, we've derailed this one, right? Yeah, right. Sorry, I need to stop derailing this. It's because I, I feel like I've not properly spoken to you in a while. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's gonna be both on a holiday, but away. We're just having yeah. a, we're actually just having a chat. Yeah. Um, do you like the game? Did you enjoy yourself? I absolutely loved it. You said it. it was tough. Yeah, there was bits that I thought were actually like not, not like that. I actually really struggled with from time to time. It was it was mainly like the castle levels. They were just like yeah. absolutely kicking my ass from points. But yeah, I really really enjoyed it. And again, like this is what makes me think from time to time. Maybe. I, Maybe I'm not a proper video game fan. I mean, obviously I am, but like, like I, I don't. Did you think own I... a lot of? Did you own a lot of stuff around this time? Is this nah, why? Nah, yeah, I just think I didn't. I think I was just a kid that didn't have. Well, many your parents games. didn't buy you anything. I didn't, yeah. yeah, I just didn't have many games or didn't have access to many games. So like my my childhood, growing up on SNES, was playing like endless levels or endless like hours of Mario All Stars, which didn't have this game on it for me. Um, there, yeah, there was, was this your SNES or somebody else's? My SNES, and then my friend had Killer Instinct, so we I'd play like <laughs> Mario All Stars at mine, and I'd go around to his house and play Killer Instinct, and then I'd go down and see my cousin in the summer, and we'd play Micro Machines on the Master System. Like that was just my childhood. Yeah. So yeah, that's it, and I think that's the same for a lot of people. I think I yeah. I mostly until I was a teenager, probably, and I was getting in sixty four games, but before that, I would have been. You know, going to a friend's house and we would play um, NBA Jam mm. on the on the Mega Drive, um, or you know, I wasn't sitting down and playing through Mario World, even though I was like ten, because I didn't really have my own system until the N sixty four. I was just using all my friends to go around there and play their SNES, yeah, or whatever. So I can see why you probably yeah, because you were even younger than me, so you would have been around. Oh, well, this was if this came out in ninety one. You'd have been what four? Four, yeah. Yes, I mean, what <laughs> can we really expect you to have played no, it at that point? No, probably not. I would have been playing. Yeah. I would have been playing Sonic at that time. I would have been playing Game Ground probably with my dad. And then there was like uh, on the Master System, there was a uh, built two built-in games. It was like a snail maze game and a uh, um, motorbike racing game. That would be probably what I was playing at that time. S- Super hang on, maybe? Yeah, I'm not sure. Might have to give this a Google. Hmm. But it's not yeah. Mario. It's not Mario I was related. Basically, no, I was basically brought up with my Amiga. That was what I had for years, because it was a lot easier and cheaper for my dad to get hold of Amiga software in that pirate ring that we've discussed before, where he'd come back from work with uh, 20 floppy disks with like Adam's family on it yes. and James Pond and Zool and Cool Spot and I can't even think what else. Sensible soccer, cannon fodder, all that sort of stuff is what I would have been playing around this time when Mario was out. Desperately wanting to play Mario because that's what all the kids are talking about. But my dad's like, nah, 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 mate. I've got you this free shit. Look, go play Monkey Island or something. And I did. What's that game that you really liked on the PC? The uh, fucking um, Hovercraft game. What was that called? Oh, what was that game called? 
Is it not just called Hover? It might be. Because we did it yeah, in it our called Hover. top games of 95. Yeah. Hover gameplay. Here we go. PC game, 1995. Yeah, that's it. It's called Hover. Just called Hover. And you just had to drive around and collect flags. Collect flags? Yeah. yeah. That's it. And then there'd be other enemy hovercrafts that just look like bumper cars with roofs that would just come along and, <laughs> I don't know, bash you. Yeah. I think... Yeah, I'm, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you each so had no fire or anything. No, and they, I think they were just trying to collect the flags before you were. I think was the was the purpose of the game. Yeah, that's very like nascent stages. Bill Gates trying to make Windows into a games platform, right? Yeah, would have been that game. That's probably like one step up from Minesweeper in the I'm, gaming. I'm currently Windows. looking at pictures of it and trying to work out if this was like Doom style, two D sprites yeah, kinda. or. It, I think the, the hovercraft looks very much 2D. It doesn't look like it's it's in a real 3D environment. Oh, and then... If you're on a... They released a remake of this game that is a browser game, I think, while we were at university. I've just had a bit of a flashback Ooh. there. Oh, nasty. Gonna have to hunt if that you... down. Speaking of Doom... Um... Hang on. What did you say? Browser. I'm looking game. at it. Just, I'm actually I'm trying to look it up just now. Microsoft brings classic Hover 95 game to the web. I accept. A new Hover version so built you... using WebGL tech. Hover web version. Here it goes. Ah, 404 error. Have oh, no. Found it? Yeah, same. I got the same. You might have to play it in IE. Sons of bitches. It's not going to be playing on my Mac anyway, that's for damn sure. No. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Doom, before we go back to Mario World in a minute, uh, because of my N64 article on uh, Goomba Stomp where I review all the old N64 Are you still magazines. doing that? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I did another video of it where I actually managed to beat one of the old scores from the magazines. <laughs> but anyway, because I was going through that and I went out and bought you know these N64 games that were being reviewed in that month, I've playing, been playing a bit of Hexen. Have you ever played Hexen before? Hexen? No, it's nothing like what I thought it was. There was a game... What was that game that came with the Xbox 360? Hexic. Oh. <laughs> no, oh, he he yeah, Hexen. that was quite fun, actually. Yeah, I do reckon... I recognise this game. You had, like, electric hands. Oh, man, I wish I'd been playing this game. I remember this game. I don't think yeah. I ever played it, but I've seen this, like, endlessly appear on, like, video game videos and documentaries and stuff. Exactly. So it was... It was uh, I believe the PC version is actually good. But the N64 version was just like, I think one of the reviews said something like they've port, they basically just ported Hexen over and made the graphics fuzzy. So don't play it on the N60. So I was playing an emulated version of the N64 game on a PC instead of the PC version. But that's because I, I value, you know, accuracy, historical accuracy. But it's like, yeah, it's like medieval doom. I think it was even published by id. I don't that think it was cool. developed by them. I don't, no, no, it wasn't. But... I feel like that could be quite a good fun game to play. Yeah. Please tell me you've just found it somewhere. I'm currently opening... Oh, Steam wants me to put my password in. I don't know what my password is, so... <laughs> Mate, just between me, you and the listeners, we ain't paying for this on PC. I'll no, find no, no, it. No, no, don't no. worry. <laughs> I mean, I've got... You've, you've got the N64 version in the post to, as of yes. tomorrow. So that's on its way. I couldn't post it today because it's a fucking bank holiday, but it's coming. It's coming. I can't wait. But Hexen, not shit, apparently. I mean, no, I played some. It's not shit. It's quite fun. I think, okay. like, you know, like, strangely, that like this is Nintendo-related, so it's not exactly 
completely off topic <laughs> but like nintendo actually did a good job comparatively to other consoles of releasing like nintendo versions of that game like like doom 64 is excellent whereas like the doom release on ps1 is largely panned like that's what are you gonna that... give it a go though yeah oh yeah 100 percent. yeah like i'm still got because that. i have also given you um doom on the 32x you're gonna have oh, that excellent when you get your thing i do yeah. actually i actually i don't think i, I ever tell you, i don't think I've, I've even told you this but i do still mess about with doom from time to time so like we we played doom 64 for a previous podcast obviously i loved did it did we play the original dooms not for the podcast did you just play it not for a, okay, not for yeah, a podcast but independently so yeah when they all came out on game pass i've got them all downloaded and if i'm ever at a loose yeah. end or don't fancy playing whatever i'm playing at the time i just boot up a doom and work my way through i think i'm I think I've maybe finished Doom. I'm now on Doom Two, and I'm just like slowly working my way through all the Dooms. And I'm, I'm going to get. <laughs> Isn't the... Doom Two just like enemy spam version of Doom? Yeah, it's yeah, fucking... yeah. It's just a nuts. Like, version. It's so yeah. lazy. Yeah, yeah. I um, we, you know, I went to that guy's Peter. You know, Peter. I went to his house mm-hmm. for his like leaving thing, and we all had that land thing. When everybody had gone home and there was just like three of us left, I just booted up Doom on my Switch for them and we were just taking it in turns to do levels of Doom. <laughs> it is so, such an easy game to just drop back into and be like, you know what, let's just play a bit of Doom. And no one says no. Before we went onto this podcast, I was listening to another podcast and the, the guy was, the, uh, a guy wrote in and said, why isn't, uh, you, say, you know how the, the, Quake, the Quake remakes just come out? on on games pass well the, the, just the port right the port sorry yeah talking rubbish um, yeah he was saying why i'm really enjoying the quake the quake remake but i really why why am i enjoying this but all the other doom games are bad like the old the old like and um, what did he call it? boomer shooters are bad and the guy was like well boomer shooter yeah. oh like, fucking hell that's a great name for a podcast the guy was like well i don't agree with you like doom's still great today but it's because and then he's uh, just he, he obviously went into like how it's a 3d it was like introduction of the x and y axis not just the x axis like doom has and also the fact that they're that's like quake's probably the first one that was fully 3d environments wasn't it rather than 2d sprites that were just moving about the screen yeah well yeah because hexen is the same again that's yeah. what that's another thing that people didn't right, like okay. is that it's it's oh it's the doom sprites stuff I, again where I they just I, yeah like I, flat I, things coming at you but i do disagree though like the, the old doom games are still excellent today absolutely oh they fantastic. are mint yeah another th- <laughs> i i did i also realized when i was reading this magazine the other day i didn't know this but you can actually play goldeneye with two controllers yourself oh yeah bloody nintendo so you could, did that you can, didn't they yeah Dual analog, it yeah. <laughs> That's the universal that. sign for yeah. dual analog <laughs> on Nintendo. It's not this; it's all the way over here because you're bashing two controllers together. I'm gonna have to play it that way. Hundred yeah, percent have to play. I it want that to way. see that. I've we have we have built up such a list of game videos that we it's need bad, to actually. Man. That like I said, that Sega book it did me in. There's gonna be so many. You'll you'll see every game you've heard about on that fucking book in that list of stuff I send you on your hard drive. Every time we talked about Grandia or like Luna or all these like, oh, the Saturn didn't have enough RPGs, but it had Grandia. Well, you've got it. You've got loads <laughs> of like fan translated like English versions of all the ones that never came out of Japan. Oh, there's tons of stuff. It's so bad. There's not enough time. Fucking life, man. No, no. I know. I mean, there's not enough time to even talk about Mario World at the moment. Yeah, let's get going. Come on, bro. Like, if anyone's <laughs> left... <laughs> 
<laughs> should we should we go into well let's go through the game we're not going to go too in depth because a everyone's played it and b well it's a mario game isn't it it's nothing yeah. to really talk about we'll introduce this by saying if you've got any mates and you've both got like a pc and you can get yourself a copy of mario world if you own the cartridge it's not illegal get yourself on a bit of level or die over discord with your mate because yeah, david and i had a fun. wicked time yeah doing that, that was great um, and we we, so, we noticed yes. that we we both have vastly different approaches to the game. You're like clinically, like just good at the game, and I am, <laughs> I am not, but I play yeah. high risk Mario, so I will pull off. It's great, yeah. It was just so interesting to watch you play, and then to be able to teach you like here's a secret that I can show you. Kind yeah, of thing. it was like an education. But then, oh, but then you're like this sort of renegade pupil who's like a. An idiot savant who just doesn't need to, <laughs> who doesn't need teaching because he's amazingly quick. Ref- refusing yeah. to take checkpoints. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just playing by the seat of your pants. That's so good. So, yeah, I didn't realize, I mean, it's kind of obvious to think about it, but the Switch palaces in the game are basically Nintendo's attempts to make difficulty settings for you. Ah, so, right, you know, okay. if, you, if you go through the game. <laughs> without checkpoints and also without doing the switch palaces you are effectively playing it on hard because you know you don't get the sometimes you get a flower in a green block or a lot of the time Mm -hmm. you'll just get an extra platform over a death pit so the yellow switch palace is the first one you get and it's very easy to get all you've got to do is yoshi's island one and then you're off up to the Mm. to get it on the left hand side of the the opening map and then when you've done that, you go back to Yoshi's Island 2, which is where you first get Yoshi, who was a character that Miyamoto had wanted in Mario games since the very first Mario Bros. Um, they just decided, uh, um, quite a controversial decision, I think, in hindsight, from what I've seen, that basically to have Mario riding on a creature would be too taxing for the power of the NES. But there are games on the NES in which you can ride animals. And I can't remember what the name of the game was because I've never heard of it. But he basically had this sketch that he'd drawn of Yoshi. Uh, and I'll send it to you so you can stick it up on yeah. the screen for the video. Um, and he had this apparently on his desk for five years. It was Mario sitting on this weird like chicken fucking dinosaur thing. And he was, like, just waiting, basically, for the SNES to be built so he could put Yoshi in a game. All that time for Mario 1, 2, 3 on the NES, he was waiting to to do it in this version. So, um, who doesn't love Yoshi? Yoshi is basically what? like a, You can basically have infinite lives if you manage your, if you manage your Yoshi well and you can catch him. He's, he's a, a really useful tool to have. And um, best Yoshi... Best Yoshi game? Best game with Yoshi in it? This has to be, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think of other ones. Certainly you know. best Mario game with a Yoshi in it. Yeah. He's in Mario Galaxy 2, isn't he? He was quite fun in that. And Sunshine, actually. Yeah. he's. And of course, he was sat on the top of a fucking castle in Mario 64 doing nothing. But so is he in the 64 version of Mario 64, or was this the... No, so he's in it, but he, he all he is is on top of the roof of the castle. When you get 120 <sighs> stars, you go... You can get on the roof of the castle on Yoshi's End. He's like, well oh, done, mate. what was I thinking of it. then? There's the one where you can get on the roof Well, he's of the in castle. the DS version. Right, yeah, okay. So in, the D- in Mario 64 DS, you know, when they gave you like four player, you could play as yeah. Mario, Yoshi, Wario, or Luigi. So you could play as him there. But in the original Mario 64, he is not in the game other than 
an like an Easter egg at the end when you get all 120 stars, and he just basically says, "Well done, Mario," and that's it. Right. Okay. You can't ever ride him or anything. Um. After you've done, oh, we also get introduced to the. I don't remember the names are now Chuck or something like that. The NFL, the basically the American footballers, which is an utterly bizarre enemy type. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they make Especially, no sense. Don't they? They don't fit with anything else in the game, really. And most of the time, they don't even throw footballs. No, they throw because apparently, yeah, memory constraints were Nintendo's reasoning for right. Okay, we're just going to give them some variation. So we can have they can have baseballs, but we don't have enough memory on this cartridge to give you a baseball player. So, so make them the American football player. guys doing double duty. Yeah, cause yeah. I, I feel like I saw there are baseballs. some American football ones, but I feel like I saw yeah, baseballs more. more. And also, Japan yeah. likes baseball, so stick. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's an odd decision. Perhaps Although I guess at that point, maybe... the, the the US market's probably their biggest market at this point, anyway. So yeah, but Sega's killing them there. Remember, so oh, maybe yeah. that's why. Yeah, maybe. Because you, this is post Sonic. This is out, so that does seem like it could be an attempt to sort of say, "Hey, hey Americans, I'll use my credit card yeah. or whatever it is." <laughs> um. So yeah, after you've done a couple of levels, it's not a very long world. There's there's Yoshi's Island Three is the one with the, you know, you've got the bottom of the screen like submerged in water, and there's those spike balls that just kind of yeah. floating oh, about. Yeah. That I showed you, you can do the like spinny move and bounce off of them. Um, and then we get to Iggy's Castle. Um, this is the one with the chain link fences where you can punch the Coopers oh, yeah. on the other side. That's a cool little gameplay mechanic. It's probably quite quite innovative for the time. Yes. And I've seen I don't think it's this castle, but if you watch some speedruns of this, like there's a there's a, a trick you can basically do when you've got the cape where a lot of people can just kind of fly right to the top of a, the, any of these castles without using platforms coming out or any of these chain link fences. So they are largely pointless. They're just kind of fun to to punch. You can flip yeah. yourself to the back, which doesn't really have any reason to be done either. It's I guess you're, 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 you're creating the illusion of a 3D environment in a 2D plane, I suppose, to an extent. I th- yeah, Must be I what it is. Apparently they, um, they copied the sprites as well. So there's like... I think there's copied pasted layers of the same sprite to make it look more 3D. So you're right, it probably is for that. Right, reason. okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Um <laughs> and this is the the first castle where you've got like the auto scrolling section with those giant logs that come down and crush you from the ceiling that you oh, were just yeah. legging it past. I'm kind of hanging right back at the side, <laughs> taking my time and you're just like legging it under them. It's exhilarating to watch. Um and yeah, and then the final boss is Iggy himself, one of you know Bowser's kids or the Cooper kids. Maybe they were still called at the time. He may have still been called Cooper. Um, and he is one of the ones that sits on a seesaw with lava either side, and you basically oh, yeah. he's going to slide. They gave me uh, you know, t- like a tough time, <sighs> they, more than they really should have. This is like me when I come up against an enemy in Apex and shoot around them rather than actually shooting them. Like yeah. this is giving me far more a tough time than it should be. Don't know why. I completely agree. And, and to watch a speedrunner do it is like ridiculous. And you watch that and you think that should be so easy to do. Yeah. So I actually watch this. And basically what they do is as you drop down from the ceiling, you fire a fireball if you've got it. Then as you jump to get on in the second time, you fire first. And as you jump, so you basically you drop down, you hit him with the fireball, you land, you fire and jump at the same time. So you hit him again with a the fireball. Then you jump on him. 
and then fire once more, and he's in the lava. It looks so easy when you watch them do it, yeah. but for uh, me and you, we're basically just kind of like getting right to the edge, and then the platform tilts the other way again, and then you've got to run to the other side, and it just becomes like an absolute ordeal on the first boss. I'd say these bosses are harder than basically every other Cooper kid. Probably, especially, I right? mean, even, even, yeah, absolutely, and even the, that last boss, he's an absolute walk in the park. Oh, what, the Bowser? Yeah. Yeah, he's not too bad. That one's just all about accuracy, isn't it? It's yeah. all about it's how you lob your Mecha Cooper. Never really felt like I was yeah, going to exactly. die at any point. Whereas that boy, I died to him a couple of times. Yeah, you can get... Yeah, that's so easy to sort of kill yourself. Yeah. Rather than the boss being tough, because totally. he's not. It's just no. the environment. It's the same with those Resnor... Um, sort of Tyrant... Oh, are they... Not Tyrannus. What are they? Triceratops. Oh, Did you get to many? Yeah, what were they? I only seen them once in the game. One odd, an odd. Yeah, thing. they're in there a couple of times. Um, that is so bizarre. But yeah, that is actually named after Trent Reznor, who is the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails. What? Uh, I don't know why. I also don't know why Lemmy's in it. It's just it's all to do with the musical theme, I guess, of the enemies or the, the parts of the game, the Cooper Kids. Um, so after we kill Iggy, Mario blows up his castle with dynamite. So I've kept a, I've kept a note of what happens to all these castles as we go along. Um, I've got my favorites. This is not one of them. And after we've done that, we move on to donut planes. And this is where in the first level, we get the cape for the first time off the sort of flying Cooper Trooper guy with out of shell. The ones that just come flying at you straight away. And he's got his little flashing... Oh, cape, yeah. hasn't he? And you yeah, know yeah. he's the one that's going to drop a yeah. feather. Um, and you could basically then just nick it off him and fly it. There's, there's obviously a very conscious uh, attempt by Nintendo to put stuff right at the top of this first level. If you Every time you fly out, there's like cloud platforms, there's coins, there's extra lives. They clearly want you to be up there knowing you've got the cape, you're going to fly up there. They've decided to make it worth your while going up there. In this very first level is where the secret exits start to happen as well. So if you're good enough in this one, you can kind of fly up, get a key um, to unlock the way to the donut secret areas. So that you, that you go through to donut secret one, which is like an underwater level where you can get another key. And that takes you to the donut secret ghost house or the secret house. Sorry, there's two there. There's two secret ghost houses, which itself has a hidden exit where you just fly to the top and that's how you get to star world for the first time which is the the warp system that they've put into the game to kind of help you traverse the map quickly mm-hmm. and of course this is what allows you to beat the game in like 10 minutes if you are speed running it because you can event you can basically just get through star world and then you're at bowser's castle immediately um did you did you ever get through... Did you ever go back after you completed it and play any of the star... Not the star world, but the secret world levels that are at the end of the game? No, I never did, any no, I never did they that. Are, they are definitely worth going back and playing because they are so difficult. They are the hardest levels in the game by an absolute mile. I, and they've yeah, got amazing they names. The names of the levels... I won't, I won't go through them too much because I was going to go through them at the end, but you've not played them, so it's not really worth it. But like... The names are things like Gnarly, Tubular, Way Cool, Awesome, Groovy, Mondo, which is a brilliant word, Outrageous, and Funky. Um, 
so these these are all have varying levels of challenge but they're all pretty tough there's one where you have to be this fat you know the fat mario where he's like floating around because you get that little balloon you basically got to go through the whole level like that and you've if you don't hit the block the next sort of corresponding block that's got the balloon in it you're just going to fall to your death you have to kind of do it quickly enough to make sure that you get to the p block in time yeah that sounds Um, tough that one has caused me and simon untold amounts of anguish and pain i I (laughs) save stated my way through this because i couldn't be asked to deal with it again just for a podcast (laughs) um but basically when you've done all of the secret world level the special world i think it's called when you've done all of that you get to the final level and it has like you are a super player written out in coins and it then does like a sprite swap for the rest of the game so the map the 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 overworld map turns to like a reddy pinkish orange color all the sort of cooper troopers have mario masks on and all the piranha plants turn into like pumpkins Oh. And all the bullet bills turn into like flying birds, like little crows. But yeah, they are—they're a true test of how you know. If you want to, if you want to bang your head against Mario World, I would be interested to watch you play these because they are a fucking pain in the gulliver. I'm trying to see um, some of the levels. Okay, while you look at that, let's go back to Donut Plains. Um, we get our first underground level while we're there, which is Donut Plains Two. Um, that takes you to a secret exit, which takes you to the Green Switch Palace, which a lot of the time is used to give you uh, feathers to get yourself a cape, usually in a castle level right by the boss door. Um, again, if you hadn't gone to the Switch Palace, I guess you've made yourself play on a harder difficulty in inverted commas. Um, we get to the Donut Ghost House after that. Um, and this is a one where if you fly straight up, you go right up the left-hand side, fly up. This is how you get to the top secret area, which is my favorite part of the whole game, which is the little room or the one little level screen that has a Yoshi egg, some fire flowers, and some uh, feathers or for you to get a cape or a fire flower or a Yoshi whenever you want, as long as you're willing and prepared to make the trek all the way back there. It's like a constant source of nice, easy stuff. I didn't realize as well that this was the first time ever you could quit out of a level once you'd gone in it because i think i showed you that didn't i where you're yeah you go in a level and pick up pick up like a power up or a yoshi you can just press start or hold start and press select and then you, you're just back to the world map with all the stuff you've collected so that's a tactic i've employed many a time in my mario world trials are you seeing these levels now yeah you definitely need to give them a try because they're, yeah, they're, they're like nothing else in the game um what else have we got? Well, basically, uh, we end up at Morton's Castle. He's the second of our bosses. Um, this is the one where, before the boss door, you've got a massive climbing section that sort of dominates the level where you've got a lot of... You have to do a lot of waiting on these platforms to sort of come out of all these grey platforms that will just sort of alternate from left to right where you've got to kind of use them to climb up. Again, like I said, unless you're some sort of boss who can fly. I, you should see this... the technique on how this guy does it in fact i'll send it to you right now yeah what but it doesn't even seem like that was something that was doable no how's he getting that much height and stuff like he basically just did a normal jump there and jumped up vertically like 40 foot yeah and then when he goes to the boss it looks as if all he does for what's the guy's name is it morton did we say yeah so Morton, it seems as if as you as 
hang on, I'm gonna have to watch it again. Because he basically does it like, what, two fireballs, I think he fires, and then a spin jump, and that's it. So he never even climbs the wall. Two fireballs, spin jump, yeah, that's it, and he's dead. Because he can take ages otherwise. If you're waiting for him to climb all the time, because you and I had that discussion, didn't we, where if you go too close to the left side after he's climbed up the yeah. ceiling, you don't give yourself enough room to get a jump on him again. But you don't even need to... If you've got a fire flower, it's like academic. And then after you beat Morton, Mario drop kicks the shit out of his castle and moves on to Vanilla Dome, which I think is one of my least favorite areas of the game, if I remember rightly. A lot of underground levels, a lot of water levels, a lot yeah. of auto-scrollers. Um, this, uh, this is the one where you have your first introduction to it. They're called Blarg with two Gs. The little dinosaurs with a goofy face. They like come out of the lava when you're standing oh, on yeah. their skull. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> they just come out and try and attack you. They're quite a fun enemy. Um, you can get... There's an interesting fact here. You can get to the uh, vanilla secret, the, the vanilla secret path in this world. So either you go the normal way, where you go sort of the right hand side of the map, uh -huh. and you end up going to the Lemmy's Castle, nice and early, or you go the left hand way, which takes you via the Red Switch Palace. No, sorry, Green Switch Palace, and then you go to the top of the bridge that's on the outside, and out there is a level where you have dolphins as platforms. It's just like the whole level basically is just loads and loads of dolphins just flying everywhere, arcing in, going vertical, and you can climb on them to get to the end and avoid the water. In the Japanese version, Yoshi can eat the dolphins, but that can was he? taken out of the Western version. Yeah. Do we not like dolphins so, being eaten or something? What's the? Well, there's there's that's one school of thought. Yeah, the other one is mainly just that like, if you could accidentally eat the dolphins by holding down the sprint button which makes yoshi's tongue come out it's harder because you can take the platforms away from yourself by accident were there were, was the western audience like specifically the americans really really did they really hate hard games like what why did the did nintendo See, seem to this decide is, this this is this is what's really strange because in we've already talked about doki doki panic all the mario 2 stuff and now this if that's the reason why but when i was reading again when i was reading that n64 magazine they were talking about um, it's like a racing game, I think. Yes, it was. It was like multi racing championship or something on the N sixty four, and they said basically like it's really easy because ja they actually wrote something along the lines of Japanese gamers are famed for liking things a bit easier, right, which to me was just like the opposite of what I've always believed. Yeah, thinking about the Mario stuff, thinking about where the Souls genre comes from, like. Do they? Was that the wisdom around the late nineties that Japanese gamers like it easier? Because yeah, I, I never knew that. So. No, I always thought it was the total opposite. Yeah. Very strong. I'm gonna have to hunt this guy down and be like, "What are you talking about, mate?" Um, there's a weird level in in here, uh, in the Vanilla Dome where you're basically not in the dome anymore. It's like the last level before the castle. You basically go outside again. It's just a bit dark, and. You've got those kind of remember those those green sort of weird platforms that are like springy. They kind of bend down when you stand on them. Oh you, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just like bullets just being fired at you from all random angles from off the screen. And then we get to Lemmy's Castle, 
which is the third castle of the game, which is the one where if you're a small Mario uh, and you don't have a cape or an ability to break through the yellow blocks, you have to wait for the old Magic Cooper to shoot his PlayStation buttons at you and turn the platforms into a... Does he turn him into a Cooper? Is that right? Remember that? You can't drop down from the platform at the top unless he shoots those weird like PlayStation buttons and then it oh, turns yeah, the Oh yeah, that actually... Into a... Yeah, it took me a couple of runs to figure out what was going on with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because I kept killing him at the start um, then thinking, how am I meant to get through here? Yeah, yeah you just kind of have to wait for him to re- yeah. respawn again and then shoot more of the buttons at you. Um, and then when you get to the boss, uh, Lemmy is one of the ones where... It's weird that they have like three or four boss types for seven levels. Yeah. They just kind of rinse and repeat. Mm. So Lemmy is one of the bosses where he is in the pipes uh, and he will come out with two dummy versions of himself and one regular version, and you have to jump on the regular version right, yeah. to, to defeat him. And when you do that, he drops into lava, and Mario just batters the shit out of his castle with a hammer, which is quite funny to watch. Yeah, I love... My favourite, I think, is the drop kick in Mario. Or the, yeah, the, that's quite a the, good one. The mop one's quite good. I love the mop one, yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. Just whoop, just three swipes and it's gone. I think that's the forest of... Well, we'll find out which one that we'll is get in there. a minute so the level the world after you've done the vanilla dome um is slightly i don't know what it's actually called um and there's obviously you can skip quite a lot of it if you haven't done the vanilla secret path because if you don't go across the top of the bridge you've only got about two or three levels before you end up at ludwig's castle but before that you've got the um the cheese bridge area which is the one that i tweeted out in the uh, uh, the teaser for this podcast recording on Twitter just earlier on today, where this is the one with the the secret exit where you've got to fly under the goalpost to get to the actual oh, yeah. special yeah, yeah. goal at the end, or you can have a Yoshi and then jump the Yoshi under the goal and then just jump off of him and let him fall to his death, and you can just spring right up to the ground again. Um, that's how you get down to Soda Lake, which is a great level. Um, it's absolutely insane. It's got these enemies called Torpedo Ted. And they're basically like black boxes that little Mickey Mouse hands come out of, holding like a bullet and just let go of it. And it just they're just all flying around the water. And there's um, fucking fish everywhere. It's a, it's a really tough level. I don't think you did that one. No, I don't think so. But every, um, time, you, every time you mention the fish levels, I just think of those fish with the massive lips that would fall asleep. Yes. Yes. Actually, let's go back to that. I really rate the water levels in this game probably higher than any other game. I think they're really exciting to play. They they do not slow things down. I mean, did you is you you were talking about it, weren't you? You wanted to do like a games that don't have shit water in them, shit water levels, is that right? You wanted to do like a top ten game yeah, of not I've, shit I've water actually, levels. I've got like a three quarters made video sitting on my desktop. It's like top five games that, that aren't don't make water levels shit. Is this one of them? Nope, it doesn't make the list. But I haven't played this <laughs> before. What do you think now? Does it deserve to be in the list, or are you not a it's, fan of the water levels? It's in not. This? It's not bad. It's, it's as far as Mario and well, Mario specifically is almost universally bad. Especially Mario sixty four is truly awful. But like, yeah, like it's not bad. And like, like to say that I didn't like the levels would be untrue. But to say that I mm-hmm. would ever pick, you know, like if I'm picking my favorite levels in this game. The water levels aren't getting yeah. anywhere near my, my list. But it's not a bad... Okay. Like, I, I never had a bad time with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Um, 
I think my favourite water level in this is the ghost ship, the sunken ghost ship. Remember that one? Mm, yes, yes. So yes, this is that's quite a good one. Right before you yeah. go to the Valley of Bowser, yeah, and you go through that bit where the ghosts just sort of appear all over the screen and then disappear, sort of allow you to move through. But then, that then was, I thought it was right. tough. I actually think I got through that, that by like brute force and flicking it. I just went full speed and just eventually just got lucky. Yeah. Because you you don't get long if if you if a ghost appears out of nowhere behind you you don't get long to get out of the way. Mm. But yeah, yeah actually, yeah, just... you're right. That that was a good fun level. Uh, it's because it was all it, it was almost puzzly in nature and like yeah, I, I, for a lot of the t- like I do generally hold that opinion and I will I think I can quite successfully hold that opinion that swimming is bad in games. But like one good thing about it is especially this one like i think there's a lot like i say there's a lot of mario games that i've got a lot to answer for when it comes to swimming in games but if we're talking <laughs> about mario world specifically this one yeah um it's a good change of pace and it's a good sort of like yeah. change of pace and it changes from being sort of a skill-based how to f- figure out how to get through this game um to more of a I think those levels are more puzzly than than twitch and skill base, which I, I like. I say it's a nice change of pace, and it's probably valuable for the game because if it was just punishingly doing the same thing over and over again, beating your head over, mm. like with, with just increasing difficulty, um, that's not what this game's about. And yeah, there are tough aspects to this game. Absolutely, I, I think, and I think I missed a lot of them, but it's just a fantastically made game top to bottom and I, th- I think part of that is the pacing so i think having a level that slows yeah. down whether they choose that to be in water or not having ways to slow it down is important for this so and that yeah. that like I, I totally agree with you of the water levels that's the best one yeah that one is actually apparently in the instruction manual the sunken ghost ship is meant to be a crashed airship from mario 3 um, okay, I, I think I, has... I, I, I did wonder that because it felt like a, one of those Mario 3 but underwater. Yeah, and I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think even when you start, I think the music's. Is there similar? I need to go and look this up actually before I say anything. I, I, won't, I won't open my mouth there because I can't remember properly. Uh, but there's also at the end of the level is the bit where you f- just fall. You fall from the top right to the bottom, which is exactly what happens in Mario 3. Every time you do the level, yeah. you fall through the sky. And then when you land at the end of the level, there's like a, a, a ball with a question mark on it, which is exactly what you got so all the ghosts, in Mario 3. All the ghosts of people the you murdered <laughs> off the ship when you uh, took it down. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I guess dark. so. This Mario has that. <laughs> every so often just goes full dark, whether it's like encountering all those things you've murdered to punching Yoshi in the back of the head and dropping him off into lava. This game has just got. And what's the. um And the booze, right? And the booze, yeah. <laughs> made after that guy's wife who that was guy's just like talking wife. behind everybody's back yeah when you when you look at her she's nice and quiet it wouldn't say boo to yeah. a goose and as soon as you turn your back she's a lunatic yeah <laughs> um yeah so the next boss for this world this very short world if you take the quick way is is ludwig and you go to ludwig's castle which is the not a very long one it's the one that has those little they're called bony beetles you know those little dudes that walk across the ground and then they just kind of sit there and then have all these spikes come out. Oh, yeah. yeah you have yeah. to kind of bait them. Uh, and then there's a, there's a room with a spiky ceiling that's dropping and you've got to hit an on-off switch to make it go back up briefly and then you leg it to the door. Um, Ludwig, I think, is the only boss in the game or of the kids in the game who has is totally unique in the, the way that you fight him. Because he's just... He's the one where, on our version, our emulated version, 
it kind of went remember when it sort of went like widescreen but wasn't oh, yeah. actually widescreen and didn't you have it where he was basically stuck off screen and you couldn't get near him yeah that was hard wasn't it yeah obviously you play the switch version that's fine or, or, or the snares version or any other version there's no issue there um he doesn't really do a lot. He just shoots some fireballs. You jump on his head. He turns into like a little spiny thing that you can't attack. And then when he comes back to standing up, you just jump on him again. Um, this is the one where I love this one as well, actually, where once you've done the castle, Mario blows the castle up and it flies off into the distance and smashes oh, yeah. into a mountain. And then it gets a little plaster on it. And then in the world map as well, the, the mountain's got like a little cross plaster on its face, which I think is a really, yeah, a really cool little touch. Yeah. Um, after we've done that, we're into the Forest of Illusion, which is a massive change of pace in terms of how the world map works, where you've basically got to find a secret exit to every level or you're not going to get out. Yeah. I think it was loosely... Well, apparently it has the same name in Japanese as the... Uh, the oh, I don't know what it's called in, in Zelda, but in Link to the Past, like the what is it? The, the Lost Woods, is it? Maybe? Oh, woods. yeah, where you've got to try and work out how to escape the woods like in, by picking the right yeah. direction, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's basically following the same theme here as they did it on post. It's like I say, in Japan, Japan, in Japan, in ja- Japanese, Japan. it's got the same name. In Japan! I'm not Brazil! Oh, wait, that, Brazil. That, that was a cross between Street Fighter Brazil and ISS six, <laughs> Soccer Brazil. Oh, yeah, Brazil! <laughs> oh, playing from left to right. Um, yeah, so, you know, this, I mean, I don't want to go through every single level because it's not really worth it, but I really like the way that they've set this level up. And this is, a, you know, this is a really tricky one if you're trying to get all 96 exits because... Sometimes in this forest of illusion, you can't actually tell that anything happens when you get to the exit. Some of the yeah. levels you'll get, you'll get to the end goal, and then Mario will just be stood still when you go back to the world map. It's like he's not moving anywhere; he just stays on the spot. So there's a lot of kind of trying to figure out the the secret way out of most levels to get yeah to, get to I, where you need to go. I I just understand how people figured that out back in the day, especially kids. I guess they just probably played it over and over again. Because you, you didn't have as this many is the games. one I think, the one where you you got to jump on that platform in the ghost house, grab the P block, run through the door with it, and then jump again, and it turns into yeah. a like. How did anybody figure that out? Yeah, that's so obtuse. Like surely once you you get the P block out of there, you're just going to jump on it and be like, well, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, or does it? <sighs> Is that what you have to do? I need to feel like I need to try it again and see if you can just like jump on the P block and go through the door. What happens then? Does it turn into oh, a does vine? It, does it keep does it... going? Yeah, I don't know. The the guide because I obviously had to I had to look up a guide to do this section and it told me to yeah. go through the door then jump in the P block. But I don't know if it it didn't. Oh, didn't, did it? Yeah, it didn't. It didn't say. It didn't say. Well, maybe it's not I as convoluted as I think it is. Yeah, I don't know how anybody figured that out. Unless they, maybe they called the Nintendo hotline, I guess. Probably. I mean, that's probably um, right. Yeah, or they read a magazine, Nintendo Power, I guess, is going to tell you how to do it. But I mean, that again, they must have had because I know in the in the Nintendo official magazines that I've been reading, they basically have their tips center and they 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 mention the Nintendo hotline in it. So whether these magazines had like a you know like a direct line get them on speed dial yeah because otherwise like 
if you're reviewing a game in what, what year was this 91 92 and you can't do it what do you do you, you'd have to just call in a nintendo rep right who's going to be like yeah. having to tell you how to do it yeah because if you can't finish the game for review you can't look it up on youtube yeah different time mate tough times back then the castle in this one is roy's castle um oh, oh god yeah this is this is the one where you the whole castle basically is you on that snaking block um oh, it just, I, it just I, kind of goes that, slowly around you've got i've again i found that tough but not because it was over it i mean it was it's not an easy level but also it's because i just would i was so impatient i just couldn't stand in the block i was trying to rush it in jumps yeah. to like speed the level up and i just kept dying over and yeah. over and over again in that section should have just stayed where i was and it'd been fine just did it once it's a very through. it's a, such a punishing level to die on if you if you get really far to the end and then you've got to go back to the beginning and go through all of that standing on the slow platform over and over again yep. it's just an absolute nightmare um yeah after you kill roy who follows the same boss pattern as I wrote as dot, 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 because I'd already beaten the castle by the time I started writing my notes, so I couldn't do him as vice <laughs> again. I know he's got the same as someone. I think he climbs up the wall again, I think. Um, this one is the one where Mario goes to blow the castle up, doesn't blow up, so he has to go really close to it, and then he gets exploded in his face, and he looks like Albert Einstein afterwards. Oh, yeah. Which is clearly, it's clearly like the designers and the programmers there just deciding that they're going to show off that the snares can do fancy graphics. And have Mario look like a wacky cartoon because they couldn't do that on the NES. <laughs> for the next world, which is called Chocolate Island, for the first level I've written, Chocolate Island 1 is maybe good. It has dinosaurs in it, but I just flew over the whole thing with a cape, so I don't know. I haven't actually <laughs> looked at the level. I just flew right over to the end and was like, fuck it. Um, oh, God, the ghost house in Chocolate Island, the Chocolate Land, whatever it is, is... The one where there aren't really any secret exits. There's no, there's no special like puzzle element to this ghost house. This one is just gauntlet of ghosts, and this is the one where you've got like the ghost who's basically got like a fishing rod with fire on it, and he just keeps like putting it near your face. You can't, you can't go near him. He kind of like he doesn't come directly at you. He's like a lackey too, I guess, but he doesn't come directly at you. He just kind of like goes like, look at this fire. Don't come near. <laughs> It's um yeah, that's really frustrating that one. Oh, and this is the one as well where it has the think for the only time in the whole game where you've got those boos that are also a platform. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, and you can They're you like a to, block you've you got can to, stand. You've got to kite them back so far as well. Yeah. To get to the secret exit you've yeah. got to take him really far. Um But yeah, like it's really difficult to to gauge whether you're looking at or away from something you're standing on. It's really hard yeah, to decide. Yeah. It's not as black and white as he's here. I'm looking at him. He's on my right. If I turn left, he's going to come after me. You actually stood on his head. For a game that's suffered from like RAM and memory limitations, they've got a lot of a good few things that only used once. Like those Triceratops dinosaurs. I only seen them once. And then the are the ones that spit fire up in the air. Yeah. Oh no, you mean the yeah, the, the ones boss that were on, thing. like the merry-go-round that's thing. That's in there quite a lot. Oh, yeah, okay. that's been there like three or four times. Yeah. I only seen it's it once. It's all like the secret routes. And then I only yeah. saw the those boos like not many times. They were they weren't used very often. 
I don't think that guy with the fishing rod in the fire is on any of the levels other than this one either. It's strange. Like a really unique little yeah. thing. Yeah. I wonder what made them decide There's to put another... that in. It's like, oh, we've got to have this once. Yeah, that's got to be just like one of them things, isn't it? Where it's like a uh, someone's had a brainwave and like, we have to put it in. There's no, we don't need any logic for it. You don't have to do it ever again. I just, this, I have to have this in the game. Um, there's another level in this world where you only get to the secret exit if you manage to do the first part of the game quickly enough. A level, sorry, quickly enough. Oh. So if you do it something like, I think if you've got 250 on the clock by the time you get to like the third door, mm. you then get the key. If you don't, you just do the level normally. And oh, again, right. Don't know how you find that out. You because especially where they've got a secret exit that's only accessible if you do it quickly, but you know there's a secret exit because every level that has a secret exit to it has a red dot instead of a yellow dot. So it'll oh, show you that it? you've got more I didn't than one pick way that out. Up. Yeah. So if you're then trying to look for this exit, you'll be scouring the level, but that means you'll be going too slow to get the actual exit because you've yeah. wasted your time looking for it. That's really muggy. Again, I don't know how. Simon told me all of these things, and this is when we were in like late teens, early twenties. So we already knew all of this. Like he already found that out. I don't know how. So I don't know how kids did this. Kudos to them. The castle in this one is for Wendy. This is one where you've got those, you know, those blocks that kind of look like I always think they look like pencils, but they're, they're not pencils. But they're basically like those grey pillars that have got spikes sticking out of them. Oh and they yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah. Come down really fast, and there's sort of like four or five of them in a row. Really like that one. It's quite hard though, and I think there's a bit. The second half of it is the one where you've got like the moving, kind of floating island things where like you know you've got a kind of you have to wait for certain bits. So you'll have the ceiling will come down, you have to wait to the right of it for it to then come back up. You can run underneath. That's right. There's yeah. lava all around you. Yeah, it's really kind of ramping up the difficulty by this point in the game. Um, Wendy is the same as Lemmy, so she's another one that is in the pipes, and you've got to jump on the 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 real one instead of the fake one. And this is the one where Mario wipes away the the castle after you've done it with his little paintbrush thing, little, mop, whatever it is. moppy thing. Yeah. Uh, so then after this, we come to the final sort of the end part of the game after we've done the sunken ghost ship, which we've already talked about. And then we're into the Valley of Bowser, which is... Uh, some of the levels on this are really long. The other ones are those giant moles in it. You can kind of stand on their heads and you're often oh, yeah. getting chased through really tight another, corridors. Another strange enemy. Yeah, yeah. They just went mad with the enemies in this game. I think there's one level where there's it has actually got three exits. I think there's only one level in the game that's got three exits. Is there any sort of is there any sort of signifier that tells you when the exit like that there's more than one? Like I know you how you seen and get the red dots. You can, yeah, you can kind of tell, I think, because there's a fortress above it. So if you get the first exit, it takes you one way. I think if you get the second exit, it takes you the same way. And then the third exit takes you straight up to this valley fortress, which is one of, another one of the levels that's got those Resnor Triceratops bosses at the end uh. that you haven't seen. But if you go that way, so to get out of that one, I think... <laughs> yeah so this is the one where it's got like a cave in the second half of the level and it's like you know with that yellow stuff that you said you thought was sand and we don't really know what it is yeah and there's bits where you're kind of in these really thin little like cave roots and it's like cr coming up and then down and it'll crush you and you've got to really like leg it mm -hmm. from part to part and not get crushed it's quite a, an intense bit but really long after you've done that 
basically to get the secret exit all you do in the bit when you get out of there is just go up and fly back over the top and then you get to the secret exit and again i don't oh. know how people figured that out yeah it's not signposted at all just somehow somebody flew up and found it but that's how you get to the do you, valley do you fortress. think they designed these levels to try and make people phone their hotline or is that did they or is that Maybe. overthinking that because like how much money did they actually make from this i mean obviously enough to justify these hotlines yeah I mean, maybe it's all still part of the whole we don't want people to rent our games and beat them in a weekend and not buy them, Jobby. I bet you that's more likely to be the reason than me thinking that you want them to phone the phone line. If, you, if you're going to play like a, you know, a really rose-tinted, lovely view of the world game with this, you could say they just wanted people to discuss it and have like secrets that are kind of like myths and urban legends of how to get out of the levels, which is a really cool idea. But I don't know if a business is is you know philanthropic enough to, to business, do that. A business that yeah, I don't think a business a big business either is that philanthropic enough or Nintendo, especially <laughs> yeah. like the only thing that you like maybe maybe it is as innocent as that. I mean they were they were really up against they had some genuine competition at this time, so it it's in their interest to make good games that are just good games and not try and f over their fan base because there's no other alternative yeah so but i guess having played mario maker i guess we've seen firsthand how difficult it is to make a level that's understandable and fair and yeah signposting is so important you know the amount of times you've made a level and you think this is really great it really flows really well or it's really cleverly done and then you send it to your mate and they're like i don't know how to fucking do it i also think they're not was, a mind reader and- yeah exactly and we've, all, we've also i'm sure we must have spoken about this over the years because i've certainly thought it like recently i said by recently i mean over the last decade i think nintendo have become the masters at creating a game um that is approachable for everyone in like their mario games and especially like their new super mario games and their well, the mario 3d world is another yeah. good example of game that is like if you just want to play it and have fun with it you can get it from the start to the end fairly easily but then once you complete it going hunting for the stars yes. or the coins or the secret levels are incredibly difficult and incredibly punishing so it's like they simultaneously create a game that is both easy to get through and also in parts punishing difficult and challenging so you can all, you can cater for kids and people that adults that are wanting to be more skillful at the game. So yeah, maybe this is them agree. just learning. Maybe this is them and just learning their craft with that. Not sure. Yeah, and, and the fact that you know these are secret exits most of the time, except in the Forest of Illusion, these are yeah, that's the bonus one ways to that's get out. The one bit it's got to be like the progenitor yeah. for that thought process. Yeah, yeah, just. You can go through and mainline it. You can beat it in 10 minutes. You can, you know, there are many, many ways to get to the end. I mean, this is a prime example. If you go up through the secret exit and you get to the fortress, that takes you to the back door of Bowser's Lair. Whereas if you go the normal way and you go through Larry's castle, you go to the front door, which is way longer. Mm -hmm. You get like another at least two thirds of the level on top of it. If you go through the back door, you're almost at Bowser straight away. So I guess, again, that's probably something that you didn't do. You probably went through the front door and had to probably. play the whole level of like... Yep. Is that the one with the numbered doors? Where you've got to go through oh, a door one, two, yeah. three? Yeah. See, you go through the back door, that's all done. You don't have to do any of that. All uh, right, okay. Um, you've obviously had to work to get to the back door, but that is yeah. that is how you avoid all of that. Um, and then, of course, you're on you're on the Bowser fight, which is, as you said, not really that difficult, just long. 
Is it because um, he's I'd big? The... Is it because he's big or what? But like Bowser to me seemed oddly high res compared to the rest of the game. Does that make? I actually don't like the Bowser sprite in this game, and it's I really odd. don't like the one in Mario Three either. I'm not sure I've seen that one. Yeah, that one is like one where he he does like a butt stomp on you over and over again, and you've got to try and like sucker him into smashing his way through the bricks and killing himself. Oh, right, okay. Um, I think the princess, the princess Peach sprite in this game is also horrible. Looks like a man in a wig. Yeah, she looks <laughs> she looks horrendous. I just um, like, while we're on the topic of Bowser fights, so I just want to put it out there that um, what's the Mario on Switch called again? Super Mario Odyssey on Switch. Yeah, yeah. That I think that's up that after you beat Bowser and you've got to get back out. And basically turns into like a weird anime. That is maybe oh, the, my yeah. fav, favorite end Mario fight. I just love the 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 music is just so on Mario as well. It's just such a nice yeah change of pace, just different direction. Yeah. Zig zig to their zag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's the the cat one is good as well in the three D world. The cat Bowser boss. I don't know if you've done. Maybe you've not played that because you've oh, have, have it on the Wii U. I, did you? I had that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So like the only Mario's I've I've actually until this one that I've really actually played through to the end is I don't even know if I've played sixty four. Definitely not finished Sunshine. I think I've not even played that. So sixty four. Yeah. If I've not finished, it, I've got very to the very much to the end. But the the Wii ones, the Wii U, and the Switch ones, I've finished. Yeah. Yeah. And the DS ones, and the three DS ones. It's um. Yeah, it's quite a. I guess it's quite a unique Bowser fight. This because a lot of the later ones, especially on the new Super Mario Brothers ones, they they went very much back to the old Mario one. Here he is, jump over him and hit the thing on the mm. bridge to drop him in the lava, or he's just going to shoot fire at you or something. Whereas this one is definitely different. Where he's he's in his clown car that floats around. He drops yeah, so weird, uh, so weird bowling balls like big cannonballs on you. He bounces around. He basically just yeah he throws I'm, Mecha Coopers out. I'm You've sure got this is I'm sure this is quince, um, purely coincidental, but given that we've both been on a Sega kick of recent of late and we've both been working our way through that Sega book, it's the most uh, yeah. Doctor Robotnik level of all the the Mario's. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I wonder if that was taken from that. Interesting, because thought. again, Sonic has been out for uh, two, maybe a year, maybe a year or two by the, this point. Yeah. So yeah, you're right in that. Maybe they looked at that and thought, this is a way we can kind of change things up and make Bowser not just be a big dragon that shoots fire anymore. That's an interesting point. And to be fair, you know, Dr. Robotnik is a lot more varied as a boss than Bowser ever has been. Yeah, yeah. Every every Eggman Robotnik everyone is different. fight's different, yeah. Yeah, whereas every Bowser... I mean, even in this game where you've got... They've introduced seven kids and only four different variations of a fight between them whereas you know three of them are the same as another three yeah strange but mm. it doesn't uh it doesn't ruin a game for me in any Absolutely way not. i could play this game over and over again till the day i die and i probably will um, yes i mean it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's just it's, ageless it's timeless this game's better than any sonic game i've played i think i think i can safely say um well that's that's going to kill the, you know, break the hearts of blast processing uh, aficionados across the world, <laughs> because that was ba- that was basically what the, what Sega was doing to trash Nintendo at this yeah. point. Was saying Mario World is slow and it's like Mario Three again. Mm-hmm. Look how fast Sonic is, and that's why Sega did so well. But I think as time's gone on, people have gone back and been like, you know what though, Mario is actually amazing. It's like perfect. 
whereas Sonic yeah, is not. It's I mean it's just, it was cool, it was hip, but it's a timeless game. Like it's a it's it's aged incredibly well. It's, I I always find like the thought of games that are shooting for like games that shoot for like photorealistic graphics tend to fall into this trap but like there's lots and lots of games that fall into the trap and they're, they're like one of the best games of their era but then they don't age well like yeah. nintendo games yeah. especially mario games and largely the zelda games and the metroid games and even the donkey kong games they they age amazingly well like they're they're in many ways as good today as they were when they came out and you can't say that for a lot of like certainly you can't say that for sonic and there's like a lot of and shooters just cannot be can't you can't say the same thing for any of those basically like they age so badly yeah. maybe worse than any other yeah. genre to be honest yeah i would yeah maybe um it's interesting because some of the zelda games you know are classics that everybody loves i think mario world is probably the one game that i would always think of as pushing ocarina of time to be my favorite game ever because as much as i love ocarina of time and it's the one game i've always said oh it's my favorite game ever if you go play it now i mean you played it and you'd mm -hmm. not played it before and you were just kind of like oh, i don't get i don't really get the hype here i don't it just doesn't feel right it feels weird and wrong and old whereas this game doesn't no, I mean, you, you know, all. there are indie games that shoot to be like this now and don't get anywhere near it. And they've had 30 years to do that. And they still aren't doing it. Nintendo can't do games this good anymore. No. Not 2D games. None of the new Super Mario Brothers no, games come I, anywhere near this. So I this. played, um, I finished this game and I was like, right, I'm going to go back and finish um, new Super Mario Brothers on my Switch that I bought. And I, I played it. And I was like, "This just feels." That's the Wii. This, is that the Wii U one? The Wii U, the Wii U one. Yeah, because I yeah. even I even remember liking it on the Wii U. I thought this was a fun game, and I went back and played it. It feels slow. It feels like so sluggish, and just in like even the, the design of the worlds, like the graphics aren't as nice. Like so it's not, bland, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just like nothing is nothing in those that game is better than Super Mario World, which is no mad to say. Like the music, the graphics, the the controls. Like the speed of the game, yeah. it's just everything is worse. It's so strange. It, exactly, that's exactly right. And it really shouldn't be as difficult as it is to to, <laughs> to better this, considering the fucking guy who created it says it's not finished properly and he has regrets about it. Yeah. It's so weird. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's arguably one of the best games they've ever made in terms of at least being a game without fault. There's nothing I could say about this game that is bad and we've we've not even touched on the soundtrack which i love um it's just it's just a really it's a challenging varied uh tricky puzzly gorgeous looking for the time i guess mm -hmm. still um, gorgeous. game with some great still gorgeous. music I, I'd, yeah. I'd put them if i could get a big poster of that map that'd be on my wall you can definitely do that oh, simon's got a uh, what do you call it a um canvas of it oh has he fantastic i think yeah, you can get, I mean, loads of people have made like actual maps of places into the style of this. You can yeah. probably get one of Britain or something. Um, it's, it's, what's annoying, I guess, is the fact that we decided when we started this this year that our end of year awards are going to be only games we've played on the podcast this year. And I don't, I mean, what, what am I supposed to do now? This is one of my favorite games <laughs> ever. So what's game of the year? Well, it's Mario World. <laughs> this is going to be your number one for sure. Such a good yeah. game. Such a good game. Really, really great. One of Nintendo's best ever games. Have they? Oh yeah. Have they topped it? 
What are you? What are your feelings on the Galaxy games? Because everyone seems to think that they are like the pinnacle of Mario. But I, I think they were really great. But I, I don't like Waggle, so I'm mm. not really interested in ever playing them again, to be honest. And and it, like those... you've got them though, right? You've got the first. You've got the, yeah. The, the and and to 3D, be honest, I, yeah. I probably will mess with them at some Did you point. Try it. No, I haven't. I haven't tried it. Um, I, haven't tra- I haven't tried Galaxy on there either. But I know it has new controls now. Apparently. Do you think those games are as good without? In my head, they as much as I don't like Waggle, they need Waggle. <laughs> but yeah, I think like I I really enjoyed Mario Odyssey. I think that would that would be that. I think that's maybe it's a, that's an favorite. exciting. Yeah, that's maybe it's an my exciting favorite place 3D. for it to go. Yeah, I think if like it has like the Breath of the Wild kind of like where yeah. do they go from here? Exactly. Oh, yeah, and it's quite exciting to see what the next one's going to be. Absolutely, and I think I actually kind of right now i've just come to the conclusion that you almost need to split the mario games off into 2d versus 3d and mario i think so mario world is yeah. is got to be the best 2d one like i even went back and started messing about with the og super mario brothers and the you don't have any in-flight control of your direction when i was playing it like so you jump and then you're off oh yeah you can't like you're like in this one you can change direction and stuff while you're in the air can't do any of that it's probably less refined yeah it's definitely not going to be like fucking ghouls and ghosts or whatever or castlevania or yeah prince of persia where that you've got one button and off you go but yeah it's definitely not going to be as refined because i had I a wonder little... if they changed it for uh, mario all-stars because i'm pretty sure all those games were built around the engine of mario world because well, they, they came out trying. after it yeah because that game would be far more fun to play because i did think i wonder if i'm going to do a bit of a doom here and just start playing like what i did with sonic as well and just start messing about with all the old mario games but i played the og mario was it 1985 and then yeah i was like nah i'm all right i would make i'll i like world and i'll play three and i think i'm done i think if you play three on all stars that would be quite you'd be having a good time there yeah i feel like i want to do that because yeah I've always played three and just done like the warps right to the end of the the game. I've never done it like world by world. Ah, uh, yeah. Because you can skip from like once you get to world two, if you found the um the flutes, you can basically get right to the end. Oh yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I'd quite like to do it like properly level one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all yeah. the way up. Yeah, but that yeah, I guess that's that's our opinions on Super Mario World. Yeah, genuinely, let us know what you think. Please tell us. We are not worthy. Either tweet us at a winners you pod or send us an email, winners you pod at gmail.com. I think that's right, isn't it? I always ask you this every week. But I think I've got it right yep. for the last few weeks and I just I still don't quite trust myself to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> and and also please leave us some reviews on iTunes, do some comments on goomastomp.com. Uh, but yeah the, yeah, the reviews on iTunes and really do YouTube. help. Yeah, because uh, although we, we know you're there and we know you're listening, we, we want more listeners so that we can do more of these podcasts that we enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. What we got coming up next time? Yeah, we've we've actually, I take it we're, we've cut out the, the exhaustive discussion we've just had about this game. But um, yeah, we, we were going to be doing, a, well, we tell them what we were going to be doing. Is that fair or is that a bit of a tease? Yeah, let's not tease. We may have already said it on another pod, so they probably already think. Yeah, about we it. probably do, but yeah, we we do want to come back to this this game in question, but um, we just can't quite fit it into our schedule. So we're going to go away and play the Ascent. So we're going to get we're we're coming back to the modern day. We're leaving the 
what the nineties behind him. We're coming, we're coming back into the yeah. twenty twenty one. We're going to play the ascent. It's just newly come out before moving on. After that, to play re- nope, not Returnal. I've just been playing that myself. We are going to be playing Death <laughs> Loop. So stay tuned. Get playing on the ascent if you've got Game Pass. It's free, so you may as well play it and play along with us. And I think that's it for housekeeping. Is there anything I've missed out, Alex? No, I was just looking at game anniversaries and saw Crash Bandicoot on the 9th of September and just thought, nah, that'd be fun. Nah, I played that recently. I played that recently on the PS Plus collection. It's, it's not worth it. It's not worth our pain. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that on the um, the Insane trilogy? Yes. Because uh, I, yeah, I was like, no. oh, yes, Crash. Oh, no, Crash. <laughs> that was basically how my thought yeah. process went. Yep. Um, but yeah, I guess on, on that bombshell, that brings us to the end of episode 22 of the Resurrected Winners You podcast. I've been David. He has been Alex. We have been a Winners You. And I'm out. Keep gaming. Thank you.